You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a b- But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stample, Pete Considori. Producing the show. What's going on, guys? How's it going? Rainy. It's rainy, all right. But uh, <laughs> you're indoors, so don't worry about it. Right? Don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it, right, Joey. Frank? What's up? Joey, you must not like the rain, because there's a better chance that the bodies you bury, you know, <laughs> they resurface. Well, you know, we're starting off like that, right? Like okay. that, right? <laughs> yeah, but when I'm fantasy Jesus, I could walk over puddles. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's, uh, there you go. So uh, it's uh, Derek Jeter weekend. His uniform's being retired, and once again... It's a chance for Yankee fans to say thank you to the captain. That's right. So uh, uh, also Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. And uh, so, guys, talk about Jeter's contribution to fantasy baseball. I mean, if you look at uh, you know his, his, his career, for about 10 years, uh, he was kind of fantasy viable. What do you think about his fantasy contribution? Little Michael K action in there. Little Michael K action. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? I mean, uh, was he a guy that you would roster on your teams? Oh, of course. Honestly, we really didn't get into fantasy baseball into like the twilight of his career. You know, mm-hmm. while he's winding down, he was still fantasy viable. I would say he was he was a top twelve shortstop when we started getting into it. But we really missed out on his heyday, his right. prime. You know, the late nineties, well, like early two thousand. Yeah, he was a twenty twenty guy for for a while, great average and all. But almost, I, I almost feel that he was more a, a better real life player. Like you know, I keep on thinking back to that playoff series against. The A's when he's just hanging out <laughs> on the right side of, of the foul territory, cutting off the the throw. And... No, I, I would certainly agree with you. He meant more to the Yankees than he did to fantasy. Mm-hmm. But, but if you look at his numbers, I mean, he put up great numbers. It's Absolutely. Just, yeah. you, I guess you have to look at it and think of and the era he was playing. There was guys who were obviously getting picked ahead of him: mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, guys of that elk. But I mean, he still was a damn good player. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, well, we've got a lot coming up for you. Lots of baseball talk. Uh, Tom Dackers uh, from from <laughs> Bluebird uh, Banter. We're going to be talking a, a little Blue Jays with him. Uh, we are going to talk about Jose Berrios uh, being called up, making a start today. And uh, we're going to try to figure happy out... Happy Berrios Day, Joe. Happy, Ber- happy Berrios Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Derek Jeter weekend. Uh, we're also going to try to figure out who you should focus on as a possible call-up next. Like, you know, what prospects are right around the corner? So we've got lots of great stuff coming up for you, uh, including, like I said, Tom Dackers from a Bluebird Banter at the top of the next hour. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
And we are back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frank Stample, Mike Florio, and Pete Constori producing our show. So uh, I teased right before the commercial uh, that Jose Berrios is going to get another shot at uh, trying to get it absolutely done, as our uh, friend Tony Sincata would like to say. Um, what do you think? I mean, he really struggled last year uh, in the majors, and now he's facing the, uh, the Indians, who were, you know, pretty decent team, right? I mean... Yeah, I own Barrios in a lot of leagues. I'm very excited that he's called up. I think he would have been called up sooner had it not been for the WBC and, you know, him needing to get stretched out. But to be honest... Not easy, right, this start? I mean, against oh, the Oh, no, Indians no, are... no. The, the kid has nothing left to prove in the minors. Absolutely I mean, right. every time they put him down there, he dominates. Mm-hmm. And I know the Ks are down a little bit from what they were in the past. But, you know, he's still showing good command. He was still cruising. What I say about Barrios, though, and, and people who keep asking me about him, is this is what I keep saying. You want to own him. If he's out there, pick him up. Do not start him. I think you'd rather... I think he's worth a flyer because the upside mm-hmm. that he has. But you'd rather have him pitch well on your bench than throw him out there and him have you know a couple outings like he did last year. So give him two, three, four starts on your bench to prove it. And I get it. If you're in so a pinch... So that's in season league? Uh, yeah, season yeah, long yeah. leagues? Would you, would you throw him in in a DFS no, match just for the heck of it? I, I don't think <laughs> <Just> I would. <laughs> okay. Not yet, at least. I think it might be like a tournament thing if you want to try that. Maybe mm-hmm. some people will be scared off of him. But, yeah, I probably would shy away from him in DFS as well. Uh, but this is a guy I think that he should be owning 12-team leagues or deeper, hands down. You don't have to start him, like Mike said. But based on his upside, based on what we've seen in the minor leagues, and we've seen him pitch well. If you watch WBC against Team USA, he struck out the side. He's got absolutely filthy stuff, mid-90s fastball. Uh, he's got great hooking action on it on his curveball and his breaking ball. Uh, so I think that he has the ability uh, to pitch in the major leagues and to, uh, to pitch well against major league hitters. He proved that in the WBC. But what we also saw in the WBC was as great as he can be, the next inning he came in, he gave up a hit, and then he walked the bases loaded. So... That's the good. You got to see the good and the bad with Berrios. I really want to see him uh, show that he has command at the major league level. Last year, 5.40 walks per nine. That's not going to get it done at the major league level. So the biggest thing I want to see from him, and really an improvement that we've seen from Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Luis Severino, is having better command. So that's really what I want to see uh, from Jose Berrios here. Maybe not the strikeouts right away, but I want to see him have command and not put guys on base via the walk. So Yoan Moncada. Uh, White Sox uh, top prospect. He's batting three fifty two. I mean, it's just a matter of time. It's got to be a, a super two issue with him. I mean, he's... Oh, yeah. I expect a lot of these prospects to start to get called up, you know, as we get further removed from the super two deadline. You know, we usually start to see them get called up June, July, mm-hmm. and I expect Mankata to be one of the first called up. I mean, he he's like Berrios. He really has nothing left to prove in the minor leagues. You know, who's a little scary? Remember Lucas Giolito? You know, yeah, it was, it was him and Berrios last year. Those were the two pitchers we were waiting to make this their major league debut. And, and if you look at Giolito's numbers, man, and 7.31 ERA in AAA. So. I bought into Giolito because he was saying the Nationals made him change his delivery and his mm-hmm. mechanics, and that's why he didn't pitch well in the major leagues. And I was saying, you know, it was only four starts. This doesn't help, though. Right. <laughs> so you, you, uh, I know you're a little high on Jorge Alfaro, a catcher from the Phillies. Frank? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this was the the main piece that they got coming over in the Cole Hamels trade when they shipped him out to Texas. Uh, and Jorge Alfaro, so far, 
this season in the minor leagues at AAA. He's hitting 315. Uh, power hasn't been so great. He has three home runs, uh, 14 RBIs, striking out a bit. But the fact that he's hitting over 300, uh, he's another guy who played very well in the WBC. He is the top, one of the top hitting prospects for the Phillies. So, and you know what? He's he's a good defensive catcher too. So yes. once he gets called up. They're going to keep his bat in that lineup. And, and not only did he play well in the WBC, mm-hmm. he's a little ballsy. I believe he's the one that hit the tying home run off of Fernando Rodney. And when he scored, he shot the arrow. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty sick. Right. So uh, a guy, like you said, 20-plus home run power. Uh, I think he just, like like a lot of young players, just got to wa- uh, work on uh, getting that walk rate up and keeping that strikeout rate in check. Yeah, he, that's the biggest yeah. thing for him right now. He's, he has 36 strikeouts at the AAA level. So... You'll imagine he'll strike out even more once he sees Major League pitching. I think they're just getting him a little bit more seasoning. Plus, Cameron Rupp has been coming around a little bit uh, as of late. So maybe they'll wait for Cameron Rupp to go into a prolonged slump. Maybe once the Phillies know and really think that they're out of it for the season, they'll give their fans something to watch with the young prospect and Alfaro. So I think uh, maybe June, July is, is a time when we'll see him. But he definitely does have uh, power upside for those playing in two catcher leagues. Certainly deeper formats, you know, 15-team leagues. He's a guy that should be on your radar. Maybe even if you have deep benches, you might want to stash him because it's so hard to come by a second catcher. I actually, in my draft champions league, and I drafted him as my second catcher. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm obviously not starting him. I'm throwing out, like, Martin Maldonado right now. Right. But I, in the first couple of weeks of April, I was so happy. Cameron Rupp couldn't hit at all. I was like, oh, Farrell's going to be here sooner than later. I agree with the Frank saying, though, now. I think it's going to be in some time in the summer. Who yeah. else is on you guys' radar? Maybe a, a Franklin Barreto uh, from Oakland, or yeah, Barreto is is another one uh, where I think that we're just waiting for him to for that deadline to pass. Because look, the A's are not going to compete this year. I think we all know that. Uh, you know, they're running out Jed Lowry at second base, and Jed Lowry has played well recently. So I'm not going to discount that. But Jed Lowry is certainly not the future of right. the Oakland A's. And at this point, he's pretty franchise. much the only thing stopping him and that super two. Because uh, Barreto, really, you look at his pedigree, 5-2 five, five potential. Uh, he could play short, second. They even had him playing some outfield last year. My so. concerns with him are twofold. One, the fact that the A's are such a, for lack of a better term, I'll say frugal mm-hmm. organization, and they want to keep these guys as long as they can. I mean, he's only played 36 games in AAA total his whole career. Right. Plus, you know, they have Semyon, who will be back at shortstop. Mm-hmm. I could see them being hesitant to call him up, try to get as long, as, as many years of control on, as him as possible. He point. still is only 21 years yep. old. And Here's what I'll say about Barreto, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the A's are not competing at the deadline, they can ship Jed Lowry out to a team that needs a middle infielder right. uh, because, you know, he he can he could just be a piece on a on a on a bigger team on a team that's trying to compete. Maybe they have some injuries at middle infield. So maybe around that time, trade deadline. I know that's late July, early August, but there were a ton of guys that came up late last year that, you know, were able to help you. I mean, Gary Sanchez came up late last year mm-hmm. and he was able to propel a lot of teams forward. But you know, they, they don't even put it past the A's. Remember, they traded Addison Russell. Yeah, for a bunch of players. So yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they would ever do that, but no. Well, they, they a possibility. They would with, need to be in a position. A's. They were like the best record in baseball the year they mm-hmm. traded Addie Russ. But I, I just think uh, Frank could be dead on. It could be the trade deadline. I could also see though Billy Bean trying to, like I said, get as many years of control mm-hmm. as this kid as possible and, and delay that clock because he is still only just turned twenty one right. years old. A lot of talent. The only thing I notice is maybe he could work on uh, his stolen base efficiency. Uh, yeah, he's three for seven, yeah. right? And uh, I think, and he has a ton of strikeouts too. So another problem similar to Jorge Alfaro, where you know, 
the GMs and upper management, they want to see the ability for these guys to to make contact. You know, they're not going to call up guys uh, to major league level if they're struggling striking out at AAA. Mind you, the batting average for him has been great. He's hitting over 300. Uh, he has five home runs, so he he does have that power speed upside, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he should be on your radar. All of these guys that we're talking about. Maybe they shouldn't necessarily be owned right now in well, deeper leagues. Dynasty maybe leagues, yes, right? Yo, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're definitely they're owned, probably right. already there. What about but- Lewis Brinson from uh, the Brewers outfielder? I mean, uh, and Braun just went on the DL. Uh, another guy with five two potential strikeouts could end up being an issue. Could be an issue with a lot of young players, though. But uh, I mean, Brinson is legit, in yeah. my opinion. I, I mean, every level this kid has really played at, you know, he's hit. This year, he's currently hitting three thirty three in AAA with a three ninety six OBP, stealing some bases, giving some pop. My thing, though, is I think it's going to take the Brewers either making a big trade or someone getting significantly injured. Because Braun's on the DL right now, and they've already said, you know, they're not considering Brinson because mm-hmm. it's going to be a short DL stint for Braun. Keon Broxson's picked it up a little bit lately. Has, Domingo yeah. Santana has been playing under the radar pretty well. He's walking a lot more than he has in the past. He's coming mm-hmm. down on his strikeouts. We know the power that he has. So, I mean, they have a lot of other options already out there. They have uh, Perez who could play all over the diamond. So, I think it's going to take around the deadline where if they do move someone, if they do move a Braun. And I think this could be the year they try and move Braun because I believe it's right after the deadline or right before the deadline. He gets his 10-5 and five which is basically yeah, like his. It's really coming up. I, yeah, I, it might yeah. Even be this, I thought I read somewhere it might be this weekend. <laughs> it, it might. It, yeah, it's so they're they're going to be hard pressed to try and trade him. That's like a basically a no trade clause mm-hmm. that he's going to earn. So, I, I mean, I, I could see them trying to move him this year mm-hmm. before that comes into play. I'm not sure exactly when that does come into play. Especially if they fall out of favor, if they're not competing, which I don't think they are going to. They can look to move Braun, and then you have a very young outfield of Keon Broxton, Lewis Brinson, and Domingo Santana. And you can see how those three guys work together, uh, how they work well together. So far this year, he's hitting over 300, four home runs, four stolen bases. And what I like most, he only has 26 strikeouts. Not like these other guys. Mm-hmm. Jorge Alfaro had o- over 30. Uh, Franklin Barreto had 40 st- um, strikeouts. So he only has 26, which means that he's making more contact than these other guys. Uh, and that's what I like to see. All right. Well, uh, we'll continue taking a look at some of, of these young prospects that you should have on your radar. We'll be right back on the Weekend Fantasy Update. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, doing a little hand jive action. Weekend Fantasy Update, Joe Galena with Mike Florio, Frank Stample, Pete Gonsadori producing the show. And Frank, you do a mean hand jive. <laughs> well, if you like what you hear, you could uh, now take us with you wherever you go. That's right, you could catch us on the app, the uh, World premier 24-7 fantasy sports radio network can be with you download the fntsy sports radio app in the itunes store or on google play now and listen for free anytime and anywhere you could hear tony Sincata when you're working out on the treadmill benny riccardi when you're in the car or greg sussman when you're 
on the subway. Hey, maybe you just want to relax with the king on the couch or Jake Seeley while you're taking a jog. We keep you updated and informed wherever you go. Get the FNTSY Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. Warning, we cannot be responsible for what happens when listening to the fantasy executive in the shower. So uh, before we left for the commercial break, uh, we were going over some of the top prospects that may be making their big league debuts this season. Real quick, uh, Mike, you had an update on... Um, Ryan Braun. We were talking about his 10-5. Yeah, he hits that tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. So you were right. All right. And uh, you were looking, Frank, at the the White Sox and uh, their starting rotation, and you talked about that maybe it might be time for Carlson Fulmer to uh, make his debut. I mean, we talked about Giolito real quick, that he's uh, really yeah, he's really getting pounded in AAA. But what do you say about Carlson Fulmer? Yeah, you look at this White Sox rotation right now, and they're rolling Mike Pelfrey out there, uh, Dylan Covey, two guys who Mike Pelfrey for sure is done. Dylan Covey, I, it's only been a small sample size with him, but he's been rocked a few times as well. Carson Fulmer is a guy who uh, he actually made his debut last year at the major league level, former first-round pick for the White Sox. Uh, and so far in the minors this year, he's 5-1 and one with a 2.72 ERA. He has 33 strikeouts in 39 innings pitched. So I think he's a guy who is right on the cusp there. He was already up last season. So I think that we can see him uh, shortly. I know that they have Carlos Rodon coming back eventually. I would say he's still either still a month a while, right? or two months away. Mm-hmm. Probably closer to around the All-Star break, I think we can see Carlos Rodon. And then they have James Shields coming back, who was pitching well, but all the peripherals say that he is pitching over his head. Uh, and I think that Did they you can... mention Holland? Yeah, Derek Holland's another guy. I mean, look, he got, over his head. <laughs> he got rocked the other day, too. So it looks like it's starting to come around uh, with Derek Holland as well. And I think that they could be sellers at the deadline, too. I mean, maybe a team needs a starting pitcher and the White Sox look to move a Derek Holland. There's always uh, the, these, these late uh, rotation pieces, like these... SP4s, SP5s that teams need, and they'll, they'll go out and make a deal for. So maybe Derek Holland's a guy. There's still a chance Jose Quintana can be dealt. So I think Carson Fulmer is the closest one out of him, Ronaldo Lopez, and Giolito because we've already seen Fulmer, and he's pitching really well in the minors this year. Uh, and then I would say Ronaldo Lopez is the next one up because he has an ERA in the mid-threes. The walks have been a huge issue for him. The whip is very high in the minors. He's still getting strikeouts, but I think if he shows improved command, he could be the next one after that. And then Giolito, they're just going to give him ha- as much time as he needs uh, because as long as he has an ERA over seven, or you know, as long as he's not dominating, really, we want to see this guy you know, maintain an ERA under four or mm-hmm. better. I mean, he's supposed to be dominating minor league pitching. He's not right. doing that. So they'll give him all the time that he needs, but I think in the, in the pecking order, it might be Fulmer, Ronaldo Lopez, uh, and Giulio in that order this season. Ketel Marte, named after Ketel or Kettle One Vaca. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he was a guy that was in the majors uh, you know, last season, and a lot was expected of him, but uh, right now he's hitting over 400 with six stolen bases in the PCL. Uh, you're thinking maybe he might be getting a call up. Um, first of all, does does it bother you, or are you concerned when you see someone having a lot of success in the PC? I'm not really bother you, but uh, I mean, does it kind of? I think it make you, you question. You have to have a little bit of where you say, "All right, that's inflated by mm-hmm. the league that he's in." 
But you still want to see your guys go out and play well. I mean, we see PCL hitters all the time. You know, they they put up monstrous numbers, and then sometimes the expectations could be a little too high. So I think you got to gear them back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even with Marte playing well, I'm not really interested because where's the playing time going to come? You know, the Diamondbacks, they're they're loaded right now. I mean, Chris Owings is, is killing it this season. Yep. You got Brandon Drury over at Very second. Very valuable in GST League. <laughs> <laughs> you got Drury over at second. He's not going anywhere, you know. And even they tried to play him out of position, let's say. I mean, there's no spots in the outfield. You're not putting him at a corner infield spot with Goldie and Jake Lamb. Mm-hmm. I, there's no place for him to play. I think if he was to come up, he'd be one of those. I, I Maybe they could try and make him into like a super utility guy. Or mm-hmm. even if he's just, you know, he spells Owings or Drury a day here and there. Maybe send that's him to Comic-Con, make him a superhero. There you go. I think the PCL numbers, uh, you should take it into consideration when it's for power, right? Because we see all these home runs being hit in the PCL. Uh, But he's hitting 400, six stolen bases. I thought it was worth mentioning. Sure. Because if the Diamondbacks suffer an injury, that's really the only way that he's going to be fantasy viable. Uh, But speed is so hard to come by. And he already has six stolen bases in the minor leagues. That puts him on pace for around 30. So I think that's a, a valuable commodity, something that we should know about. He could provide average and stolen bases if something were to happen to Owings or Drury. That's really what needs to happen for him to be fantasy relevant. Uh, but he's a name that should be on your radar if you're really hurting for stolen bases. No, I think, though, the PCL also does factor into average because it's kind of like that Coors factor. You know, when you see a guy hit mm-hmm. 300 at Coors and then he leaves, you worry that his average is going to dip. Hitting in the light air of PC- in the PCL, I-, I think it has a similar effect. Well, 399 is still pretty damn good. Oh, no, it is. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think about an Austin Meadows? Now, this is a guy, he's pretty much one of the top prospects in the Pirates organization. And really, if he was playing a little bit better, he's really slumping. He's been slumping since he was promoted to AAA last season. Uh, currently, he's batting two seventeen, uh, has just one home run. But, I mean, if, if he had shown any kind of a... Life. better play. I mean, <laughs> I think he'd be with the big league club, especially with Marte, uh, Stanley Marte, uh, with that uh, 80, 90 game suspension for the, PEDs. That's the thing. Like when, So Marte will be back this season. Mm-hmm. And if the Pirates don't make a move and, and everyone is healthy, there's no room really for him. They have Josh Bell over at first. Their outfield is obviously filled with Polanco and when Marte comes back and McCutcheon. You know, there were always those rumors about them moving McCutcheon. That, I mean, that's if, what it would have to take. If he was take, playing a little bit better, maybe uh, the Pirates would be more apt to trade McCutcheon, McCutcheon would have to be playing a little bit better, too, I think, for them to <laughs> trade him. Because I don't think they're going to want to trade him for less than what they value him as. He... Even though he's struggling, he is still very valuable to that organization. He's the face of the team. He's their leader. He gets, you know, he puts butts in the seats there because mm-hmm. he's just such a popular player did there. Did you say butt? I did. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's going to take a little bit for them to want to move him. I remember in the offseason, they wanted a King's Ransom for him, even though he was coming off his, his down year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, another month of him struggling is really going to change that for him. He, it doesn't to help. Me it's too really that, concerning that he struggled last season. When he got promoted, struggled and in continues. the WBC too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he had like three hits in the WBC. They were just timely, so mm-hmm. they stood out to people. But he was playing better. But the last couple of weeks, I, I believe I read that in the last three weeks or so, his average dropped like fifty points. So he's mm-hmm. just in an awful tailspin right now. But with Austin Meadows, I mean, I think he is one of those guys who scouts raved about. We have never seen him play, so we were like, all right, this kid, you know, he's rated as a top one hundred prospect. We like him and everything. Right. I don't think he's really that good. I could be wrong. 
that's just my take. Well, as he's showing us right now that he's not that good, but I guess yeah, Joe, he has some underlying. Don't sugarcoat it, man. This guy has been doo doo. <laughs> There's no way around it. I mean, every time he's hit AAA, last year he had uh, 37 games at AAA. He hit 214, mm-hmm. six home runs, eight stolen bases. Okay, this year. Triple A, twenty nine games, two seventeen with one homer, four stolen bases. He might be a guy that has the tools, but you know, unlike let's look at Byron Buxton for example, he had the tools, but yep. he still had monster numbers in the minor leagues. He had a right. fifty stolen base season, right, uh, with double digit home runs, hitting and near he's a pitcher. But we just talked about Berrios. Every time he's been in Triple A, he's killed it. Yeah, so you, and, and <laughs> so you gotta have something to build upon, right? Yeah, Meadows might have the tools, but he hasn't even put it together statistically yet. He's done it at Double A and Single A, but he hasn't done it at Triple A. Mm-hmm. So why rush this kid? Uh, I agree. I think the only way that it might happen is if they completely fall out of it and they trade McCutcheon and they want to see, you know, if he can perform at at the major league level. Maybe that'll happen, you know, later on in the season. He's not really a guy that I'm looking for this year. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen this year for Austin. Right, I kind of and, agree. And with you. looking into him a little bit more, I mean, I, I get it. Scouts say he has raw power. It just hasn't translated to in-game power, and he yeah, has they say speed. The power is like one of your last strengths. They, they, but they say that about his power and about his speed. And besides, you know, that one year in high A where he's still 20 bases, neither one is really translated to on-the-field success. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't know. Even for a fantasy, like, if he was to get called up, where is he going to thrive? And what He's probably going to hit low in the order, not hit well for average if he can't hit in AAA, you know. Right. And if the power and speed hasn't translated to on the field yet, why get excited about him? I agree. Uh, just in the time we have left in this segment, Ian Happ, big Cubs uh, prospect, had a really big spring. But he might be another player. He's doing well. Just is there room for him? No, I mean, they can't even find room to get Javier Baez in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought he was mentioning because he's having a, a great start to the year so far in the minors. He's hitting 298, nine home runs, 25 RBIs, and, and two stolen bases. So I wanted to mention him, but sure. there, there really is just nowhere to play him right now. But, you know, with the but way if an injury occurs, exactly. I mean, maybe then and we look, can see him. You know, with these I injuries. think his quickest way to everyday at bats is if they trade him. Yeah. Because yeah. even if an injury happens, like Frank said, Javi Baez isn't playing every day. So Javi Baez is the first band-aid that goes on and gets every day at bats. Then, you know, another injury would have to happen for him to, to come in. I mean, you guys talk injuries. We, 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 you know, later in the show, we're going to try to get in uh, a little talk about fan these some of these injuries. Are they phantom injuries? We talked about this in other shows about the 10-day DL. Uh, but we got lots more coming up for you, lots more baseball. Uh, we'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frank Stample, Mike Florio. And uh, real quick, we, there were a couple of the players we wanted to mention. Uh, top prospects that should be on your radar. Uh, one of them is uh, Josh Stamont from the Royals, right, uh, Frank? Yes. Remember when we had the uh, we had our SB Nation Royals guy on, and he said Josh Stamont is a name to pay attention to. Has a three six two ERA in the minors this year. But what, what I'm noticing most is 52 strikeouts in 37 wow. and a third innings pitch. Uh, the whip is very high at 131. He's walking a lot of guys. But those strikeouts are absolutely legit. We continuously talk about the Royals being a, a possible seller at the deadline. It looks that way because 
they've played like one of the worst teams in the league this year. So if they look to opt and trade some of their starting pitching, maybe an Ian Kennedy, someone like that, I think Stallman's a guy that we could see later in the year. He has a ton of strikeout upside. Uh, and then our guy, Jance yep. Adams, who has so, dominated at every level in, yes. in the Yankees' uh, minor league system. He has been promoted to AAA. Uh, and you wrote it in here on the rundown mm-hmm. that you know if CC Sabathia continues to struggle and you know the Yankees are trying to compete, Maybe they look to make a move, but maybe they try to keep it in-house right. uh, like they did last year and See what you got. go with a guy like Chance Adams. He has been awesome at every level, uh, and he, he he's a guy that could get a strikeout per inning. Uh, not a big-body guy, only six foot one, but... Uh, Definitely he, somebody like a, to own in, in a dynasty league. I, I drafted him in draft champions with mm-hmm. like my last pick, like right. round 50. I'll, say, I'll take a shot on Chance Adams, see if he gets called up late in the year, because he's dominated at every level. So I think it was worth mentioning he got promoted to AAA. All right. Very good stuff. And uh, right now we have a very special guest. Uh, Maybe special to you guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he is very special to us, <laughs> to me and Michael Florio. He is our partner in the Greenwich Street Tavern Fantasy Baseball League. You also hear him on Fantasy Bagels and Baseball uh, every Saturday at 10 a.m. with uh, Tony Sincata. Cha-cha, you there, buddy? Wow, thanks a lot. That was uh, very nice of you, Joe. How you guys doing? How's my three paisans doing today? How's everybody? All right, Joey. You guys sounding good, right? Thank you, thank you. We're doing good. We're doing great. But you know, I was listening to your show uh, this morning, and I guess it's also like a a life lesson for uh, for for Mike and also Frank. When you're on the top of the heap, uh, a lot of people end up taking cheap shots at you. Absolutely, (laughs) you got to expect it. You know, and you don't know. I mean, like I said, I do. I bring up the the point of asking because honestly, I know Frankie's not doing so well right now in the league, and I didn't want to pick on the guy. So I don't think maybe it was a, you know, this fantasy etiquette stuff. You know, mm-hmm. how you look kind of thing. Is it okay for us to offer Frankie an offer? Because I hear Frankie wants us to make him an offer, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well. Is that right or not right? And that was my thing. Like, right. is it okay? Because I don't want people to think, you know, we're going to look bad because we're in, we're on the top and we're going to ask the, the lower team for a deal. Well, we're all part of this deal. just to but keep, obviously keep the listeners. But obviously they said it was fine. Yeah, just so that the listeners know what we're talking about. We're part of a, a Grand Street Tavern 15-team league, very competitive uh, with some hosts uh, from our network, along with listeners, and uh, Billy Hayes is a, a big listener of the network, and he's been doing really great. Uh, spent most of uh, most of the the season so far in first here's, place. Here's another lesson yeah. for you guys: yes. fantasy karma. <laughs> Billy Hayes tweeted us last weekend, I believe last Sunday, and said, "Oh, John Carlos heating up now." That I'm was gonna... the last time he was in first. He wasn't? said, "Now <laughs> I'm going to bury at." Uh, he he mentioned the three of us, you know, our Twitter handles. And, and, yes, he did. And he sent, left me out. And sent, even he left out Jesus. And since then, <laughs> since that day, an hour later, we surpassed what? him. And he has been out of first ever since. So fantasy karma is a thing. Right, right. And Cha Cha. Cha Cha, I'm always I'm always welcome to to trade offers, man. Like you could send them at any time. I love to make trades. Uh, I don't think it's bad etiquette at all. I mean, look, if a team's in last place, they need to make moves too. And and just because you're in first doesn't mean you can't deal with the last place team. So I don't think that's wrong at all. I think you know, regardless of place or standing in in a roto league, whatever it is, head to head points, I think you can make trades with anybody. Yeah, you, I, I know Mike was a little upset with that? us. Mike Cardano was upset with us because uh, he. he finds it a little difficult in dealing with us. Uh, I guess there was a, a trade offer that... Uh, I'll take yeah. the hit. I'll take the hit for that. I told him I'll take the hit for that. That's fine. You know, but the, you know, that to me, if you offer us a guy and we, 
you know, I mean, again, you might get the trade offer first, or I might get the trade mm-hmm, offer, mm-hmm. or Mike gets the trade offer. You know, then we have to collaborate together. Sure. I, I think we've I done a good job working together. Him. Haven't we? Honestly, I think yeah. we've done a very good job. You could have done you know, worse. I mean, and, and you guys keep me balanced. You guys absolutely keep <laughs> me balanced because it was up to me. I would have offered a thousand trades in this league already, even though we're doing good. But not that, you know, and I'm not going to, and let's face it, you know, I, these guys want you to offer guys that, you know, like I got to offer you two of my best players for one of your maybe good players. And I'm doing you like, like, and you're looking at us like, oh, that's not enough. You know, you're on top. You got to offer us more. Mm-hmm. Oh, make a fair trade. We're good. That sounds like a Scott Engel special but, right there. <laughs> you know, let me. This is what just happened to me. This is why I, I I called you guys too because this just happened to me minutes after I got off the air. I got a I got an email. Now this is something that this is crazy. I'm in another CBS league. Okay, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm not an owner. I'm not. I'm an owner. I'm not the commissioner. And the guy sends me an email about the disabled list. This is what he tells me. A reminder, with the institution of the 10-day DL, Major League DL players have greatly increased. We know that. So guess what he does? <laughs> what does he do? He, he, he pushes the DL limit. Now he's allowing everybody to put 10 players on their DL at any time. So he expanded? We used to have three. Wow. He just expanded. Nobody got nobody nobody got a let's vote on this or what do you guys think? Could we change this during the season? Nothing. Just change the rules. Nobody cares. It's fine. To you, 10. What do you think that's about that? Bad. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, if you're a commissioner of a league, I really think First it has all, you to be put that to a vote, no? Yeah, it has to be a democracy. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens in the league, you can't just go out there and make changes on your own. I'm a commissioner in, you know, our home football league, and I wouldn't just go out there and make changes. If I have an idea in my head, I'm going to bring it to the league and how does it ask help what your commissioner. Think. How many how many uh, DL players does he have now? I mean, did he have a lot of players that he would have had to have dropped Yeah, anyway? no, yeah, he does. <laughs> there yes. you go. Yes, there he go. does. I oh, mean, but the- it, it's crazy. I mean, but I'm, what am I supposed to turn around? I told him. I said, you know, I just said, you know, hey, dude, you open up a can of worms. You, you don't. Is this a the public league or without, your home you know, league? vote. Yeah. Is this a home league? Or? No, this is a. No, no. This, this is yeah. It's a home league. Oh, okay. I, I so joined their league before. this okay. year. They asked me to. That's crazy stuff. Yeah. But what's my? What am I supposed to do? I mean, I, what am I? I mean, I'm going to play in the league, but. There's nothing I mean, to do, do except next year you kind of just say you bow out, say it's been nice, guys. But if this is the way you operate, yeah. I, I mean, guys, what do you think, Mike? And, and Frank, you already said, I mean, it's, What's next? it should be should I mean, be democracy. It, it, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I was in a league once where they made changes the morning of the draft. Mm-hmm. And one was for the league fee. And, and it was a 16 team. You know, you keep each, each team keeps five. Keepers and when I joined the league, I took over for another owner. It took me two, three years before I was in contention because when there's that many players off the board and that deep of a t- league, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we had like a new owner and stuff, and they wanted to increase the the buy-in by a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't think that's fair to people because a couple of you guys who have good teams obviously want more money in the pot. But this guy who agreed to take over a crappy team and knows he has to spend the next few years rebuilding. You know, now he has to spend more money. They also made certain changes that I didn't like. Like one year, holds was a category, and then the next, like 
two weeks before the draft, they were like, all right, we're getting rid of it. Now we're going K to walk. <laughs> and it used to be you need five relievers and seven starters, and then it just became art. Instead, we're just going with straight pitching spots so you get to make it. Right. So they just made so many changes, and they were always so close to the draft. I get it. People are busy. You don't want to be thinking about your fantasy baseball rules in January, right. but you have all the time in the world to make these changes. And stuff doing it, I, I didn't like doing it. I quit that league because they did it too much right before the draft. I can't imagine in midseason. I wouldn't be happy. I have to say. Bravo, Michael. Bravo. Tony Sincata doing a great <laughs> That's job. That's the way to go. In setting up this league. Uh, but if I'm lucky enough to be part of it next year, maybe uh, with the advent of this 10-day DL, maybe we do in a 15-team league. Maybe you, you need a DL spot or Joey, two. Joey, yeah. I think you're like the, there's 15 teams in this league. I think we would become like the ninth team to point that out. Uh, of course, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, been a lot of yeah, message yeah, yeah. board stuff about yeah, yeah. how there's we need DL spots and everything. The only thing I don't like about the way Tony's running the league is just that he keeps on like knocking our team and allowing people yeah. to know. Hey, about haters team. gonna hate Joe. Oh, Joe you told us from the start that we had to. Me and Frank had to learn a lesson. <laughs> I think you need to t- to tell him, hey, get out. You got to slap this guy up, Joey. Uh, real no. quick, I wanted to go back to to trading with you guys. If someone sent you guys an offer, because mm-hmm. I've never been part of a, a three man team, right? I, Mike and myself, we've co-owned football teams together. Does it need to be unanimous amongst you guys? Or because there's three of you, is it just like majority? Like, okay, us two two want it to take Jesus at the wheel. Jesus at the wheel. No, but I I do put it on the notes. I say, look, you know, I sometimes I'll say I disagree. But if you guys think it's the right move, majority... Wins. I think with, I've said with, that a few times. No? I think with pickups and stuff, majority should always win. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a player where one of us is like, ah, I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, we're throwing a couple dollars on him and we're mm-hmm. dropping a guy at the end of our bench. Yeah, but if it's like, like if a few guys said, I want to pick up Rich Hill, that would not happen. Like there's certain. <laughs> there's certain <laughs> I'll agree with We've you on that, Joe. But, but if there's like a blockbuster <laughs> trade and and one of one of the three of us are like, I don't want to make that move. Right. I I would say, you know what? Even if I wanted to do it, or maybe I was the one who didn't. I, on a big trade like that, that's going to determine so much of our team. I think it should be unanimous, but mm-hmm. on small pickups and everything, like and and moves like that, I think majority is fine. That's where I do kind of agree with Michael Cardano, though, mm-hmm. because I get it. No, you guys are in first place, and you're doing a great job of you know. And let's not make three, too much of, three out of thoughts it too, together. There's a lot of time left. Yeah, we are in first place. In a month, we could be in the middle of the pack. So, but. But you keep you. saying that, Joey. Shh. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. But trying to make Just a trade to be, you know. with three different guys, uh-huh. it is kind of difficult because one of you guys, <laughs> if I'm talking to you, Joe, and you right. really like the deal, uh-huh. but Florio and Cha-Cha but, don't, but right. here's the it's kind of hard to make a deal with he, three here's owners. Here's the thing, right. though. It, no, I agree. I've dealt with it in other leagues. It, it, it can be annoying, but it, we've never actually really had... Cardano's the closest, I would say, to like a trade talk, like mm-hmm. negotiation we've had. A lot and of the stuff. Likely, I like the absolutely. way he negotiates. He kind of contacted us and said, yeah. "What would it take to get these two?" A guys? lot of the people will Which be like, "Oh, you made it on the block. We want this guy. Well, shoot me an offer. I don't want to shoot you one." He did accuse us of cheating this uh, during your show. Cheaters. Uh, That's I what's going to happen. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Cha Cha. Guys. All right, take it easy, buddy. Thank we'll you. be right back on the Fantasy Thank Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fancy Sports Radio Network and the uh, RotoExperts.com. Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy baseball package is your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. 
Stay ahead of the pack with our in-depth statistical breakdowns, trend analysis, and player insights. Become a waiver wizard and learn how to scan the numbers like a roto scientist. We help you set the ideal lineups every week. And this season, you get a built-in fantasy training staff with our new injury advisor, powered by InsideInjuries.com. Get the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package now and start soaring to the top of the standings. Enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for a special discount. So uh, next hour, we've got Tom Dackers from a Bluebird Banter talking a little Blue Jays baseball. Uh, we talked a, a little bit about the DL. I don't know how much time we're going to have to really get to this, but uh, in terms of these phantom disabled list, I don't even know what to call them. I mean, but you know, like you, you have the Dodgers are basically Kent using my, the ten day DL just to manage as their a way rotation. to skip a start. Yeah, right. that's yeah. really what they're doing. I mean, because one guy's coming off, right. like Hinge and Ryu's coming off. They're yeah. putting Maeda on just to, to skip his start and keep his innings down. Right. So they're going to continue to do that with McCarthy, also, Urias. They're going to do with their pitching staff, but uh, in terms of you know Cody Bellinger, their uh, rookie prospect, been uh, really playing well. And when uh, Adrian Gonzalez went on the DL, they're like, yeah, he's on a kind of a slow program. All of a sudden, uh, Tolls goes down for the season, right? Andrew Tolls. And now, well, they're going to ramp up. You know, I guess he wasn't as hurt as they initially. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think Tolls getting hurt keeps Cody Bellinger in the majors for the rest of the season. Absolutely. He just hit his team leading. He just hit his team leading home, uh, leading home run for the Dodgers. Last year, he leads the team in home runs. Meanwhile, does not have near the same amount of at-bats as anybody else. So, Cody Bellinger has been awesome. And what do you think about Trevor Story? You know, I don't <laughs> think this is so much a phantom DL sin. I think that this could possibly... I don't want to make an excuse for the guy, but he's been so terrible that there is a chance that this shoulder injury might actually be the reason why he was playing so bad. Not necessarily. Maybe he's we, we maybe he's just been so bad at all. Maybe he's just been so bad they're like, "All right, we'll give you a DL stint and hopefully like that'll do-over. that'll clear your mind like a like a a mental DL stint, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Or maybe maybe he's just been terrible because the shoulder's actually, you know, hurting his ability to swing the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's either one of two things. Either he's been bad because of shoulder injury or he's been bad so they're masking it with a shoulder injury. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, real quick, uh, a little closer talk, and maybe we'll maybe pick it up in the next hour, uh, later in the next hour. But uh, K Rod finally lost his closer's job in in Detroit. So Frank was right on that one. Yes, yeah, sorry he was. guys, <laughs> uh, but he's not. I mean, I don't think he's, he's a guy that you drop at this point. I don't think he's done because yeah. they've already said they want him to try and figure this out, and I think they really they were so hesitant to take him out of the role because they like Justin Wilson as that you know. Andrew Miller-esque pitcher, the guy who they could bring in in the 7th or the 8th, whenever the heart of the lineup is coming up. And they know that they were hesitant because if they take K-Rod out, they can't just make him the 8th inning right. guy, you know, because now but, he has to work through his struggles. Charts, that's what he shows up as. But I guess, is he when, when does he pitch now? Yeah, the thing <laughs> is, I think they're going to give him some easier situations to kind of try and just, you know, get into a little groove. I, I would, if he starts pitching better... I would not be surprised if, you know, come in a month or two if he gets that job back. But it all, you know, hangs on if he could figure it out and pitch better. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think is going to happen. I just have completely no faith in K-Rod. I I agree that if he does pitch well, they'll probably put him back in that role, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Let me ask you, in our GST league that we were just talking about, the 15-teamer, 
if we happen to drop him, don't you think that someone would yeah. make a nice in, bid to pick him up in an th- instant, right? That deep of a league, a 15-team mixed roto league, I would not drop him. Right. Uh, Mark Melanson, he's coming back soon, though, but he's uh, on the DL, right? So they say. Yeah. Derek Law? You know who's yeah. not coming back soon? Familiar. Uh-oh. I don't know. I know. I'm sorry about that, buddy. Well, uh, we'll be back. Like I said, next hour, uh, Toronto Blue Jays talk. Uh, more baseball. Lots of fun. All on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galena, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. This isn't work. We're talking fantasy baseball. This is fun. Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Frank Stample, Mike Florio, Pete Considori, producing our show. And uh, coming up, we've got uh, some Blue Jays talk. But why don't we just finish up? We were talking a little closers. I mean, we've talked about how the uh, closer position is just so volatile in the uh, fantasy baseball world. Uh, so we talked about uh, K-Rod losing his job. Briefly mentioned uh, Mark Melanson, uh, a mild right pronator strain. <laughs> I never heard of a pronator. I don't know. I guess I, I have I, one. Oh, you mean a protractor, <laughs> Joey. You use those in the math class. Uh, I don't know. I, did they uh, just locate this part of your body? I, I, I guess we all have one, right? I think they but, just made it up. Oh, it's his funny bone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so Derek Law fills in. Um they say he's going to be back. Uh, Melanson will be back from the for the sixteenth. Uh, so, I mean, how much fab do you do you invest in a, in a law when it could be just a, a short term? Not a whole lot. Yeah. I'm kind of percentage wise. What I'm I'm coming back down mm-hmm. on Derek Law. I feel bad because I told Greg Sussman the other day on BFS to use fifteen percent of his fab right. on Derek Law, which he did, and he got him for. I think $23 out of a $200 budget. Right. Uh, but I-, I was researching Melanson to try and get a status update on him, and I, I came, a- came across this article on KNBR.com, which is uh, San Francisco's uh, radio where they-, they broadcast the Giants games. And Bochy said if this was the last week of September, he wouldn't even be on the DL. Wow. Like, okay. they're really just being cautious with him. Like, he can pitch through this right now. Uh, I don't know if it can lead to something. Maybe you still want to own Derek Law because of that. Maybe bring it back a little bit, maybe 10 to 15%. Uh, but everything is saying that he's going to be back this week when he's eligible to return. We also heard those words... Um, in Baltimore when they were talking about Zach Britton, and now he's suffered, suffered setback yeah, after speaking setback. Speaking of, of Baltimore, Dude. Brock has had a couple of he has. What about O'Day? Do you, do you uh, maybe I roster think he's him? Like a, a scout right now. Like you, you keep an and eye on so him. And so is Michael Givens. Yeah. And, though, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, the difference to me with, with Brad Brock and why I said you own him is because he gives you elite ratios mm-hmm. and, and a lot of Ks. Derek Law isn't even, in my opinion, the best reliever in that bullpen right now. Hunter Strickland, I think, you know, it could be just as good in the closer role. So Law came in the other day. He got a save, but you know, he he gave up two runs. He had the tying run on second. Mm-hmm. He was playing with fire, and I I wouldn't be surprised. Say Melanson misses a lot of time. I don't. I'm not confident. Like I was confident if 
Britain misses time, Brad Brock will be the closer. Mm-hmm. I'm not confident that Derek Law will be the closer. Okay. I agree that Derek Law doesn't have the strikeout pedigree. He hasn't been a... Uh, he doesn't fill the, the normal closer mold, but he had a clean inning last night and got a strikeout, so I think he's serviceable. Maybe You're going to want to throw some fab on him, but not a ton. Maybe when we talk waiver wires, uh, Corey Knable might be someone that you look at, and he has the... Uh, oh, the he has a lot here. of strikeout yeah, ability. Yeah, yeah. So Tom Dakers from a Bluebird Banter, Blue Jays Talk coming up after the break. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stample, and Pete Consideri producing our show. And we've got a special guest that we'd like to welcome, uh, Tom Dackers from Bluebird Banter. Uh, could follow him at Bluebird Banter. Tom, are you there? I am. Tom, do I have the pronunciation of your last name correct? Is it Dackers? Uh, Dakers, actually. Dakers. Oh, that's okay. I apologize. Um, thank, no you, thank you for joining us. Uh, how's everything up in Toronto? Oh, good. Uh, well, a little bit of little rain today, but it's you know, just good. Just like in New York. We're winning rain. lately. They, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you guys, have, what is it, nine of your last 12, the Blue Jays? Yeah, nine of 13. Oh, nine of 13, okay. But yeah. So I mean, obviously, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean the the Red Sox were considered heavy favorites to uh, to win the AL East, but look, the Blue Jays were considered uh, definitely to be competitors. I mean, and uh, you know, got off to that slow start, but like you said, playing a lot better now. And but one of the biggest shocks uh, about the Jay season so far has been when you look at their offensive numbers. I mean, and and one of the biggest parts of of their offense has been Josh Donaldson and. Last report I saw had Donaldson still a few weeks away from returning from his calf injury, and he's been dealing with this since the middle of February. He had an MRI in, in spring training. They said it was mild. I mean, what's going on with him? When could we really expect to see him? And is this something he's going to be dealing with all season long? Yeah, I think it is something he's going to be dealing with all season long. And, and you're right. I have no idea when he's coming back. <laughs> They say that he's on a weightless treadmill or something, but that's about all the work he's been doing. He's not, you know, not not taking balls on the field, not not doing any baseball-related activities, as they always say. I have no idea when he's back, but it's if it's before the end of the month, I'd be very surprised. Hey, Tom, uh, Mike Florio here. Thanks for coming on. So, like Joe said, I mean, this team, this is a team that we've always seen, you know, put up a ton of runs, but they've kind of been struggling offensively this season. Do they miss Edwin Encarnacion? And was, is Kendris Morales' bat enough to, you know, mitigate that loss? Uh, Morales is hitting, you know, roughly what uh, Edwin's hitting. I was looking at their stats the other day, and they're, you know, pretty close in stats. Um,. Yeah, they miss Edwin, but I think most of it is just like they started the season with everybody in a slump. It's hard to understand. Like uh, Russell Martin went like a week without getting a hit. Um, <laughs> Jose Batista's batting under 200. I didn't expect that. You know, it just one one good bat would not change what they're doing. It's 
And then, of course, now the guys are starting to hit half the teams. Uh, more than half the payroll is on the DL. Hey, Tom, Frank Stample here. Thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, and someone that you just brought up who you know we have a ton of questions about for, for fantasy purposes is Jose <laughs> Batista. Uh, he didn't garner much interest on the free agent market this offseason. Uh, we expected him to have a big bounce-back year as he you know, tried to prove all of those teams wrong. Uh, he got off to a horrible start. He's been coming around lately. I know he hit a home run last night. What do you see or what do you think is the biggest issue with Jose Batista? Has Father Time finally caught up with him? Uh, it may have. Um, he seems to be just a little slow on the on the fastball. Normally, you know, he he lived off hitting fastballs, and he's just seems to be a little slow on them. And he seems to be guessing wrong a lot of the time. And he never used to, you know, he used to not be a guess hitter. He used to, you know, the pitch was there, he hit it. There wasn't much uh, guesswork going on. But this this year, he seems to. He just seems to be off. He's missing pitches that he should be hitting. He's getting a lot more breaking ball stuff thrown at him. I don't know if that's the problem or if that's just people have watched and seen everybody's throwing breaking balls to him and he's not hitting them, so keep doing it. Keep it up until it stops working. He did have the home run yesterday, and he hit a couple of balls hard yesterday, and Every time he has a game where he hits a couple of balls hard, I start thinking, yes, he's back, everything's good, and then, you know, he won't get a hit again for another week. So I'm not, I'm not guessing it's over yet. Should our listeners who need home runs, RBIs, even runs scored, should they look to add the bat of Jose Batista? Do you think it's a good buy-low opportunity? Will he be better, or do you think <laughs> this is something that can just last all season? <laughs> He can't get any worse, that's for sure. He's got, he'll improve some. I mean, there's no way he can be this bad all season or else sooner or later somebody's going to have to do something. But, uh, yeah, he'll get better. But how much better is a good question. And I don't think he's going to be – it doesn't look like he's going to be the Jose Batista of old. I'm, I'm hoping he'll get to 20 or so home runs, but – and he's still getting on base. He still takes walks. He still has a pretty good eye at the plate. You know, pitchers still seem to be pitching him carefully. So, and I think he's he was at least recently leading the team in scoring, if that helps any anybody in fantasy. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, what about Devin Travis? Uh, it looks like the, the Jays have been waiting for their second baseman, Travis, to get healthy for a long time. I mean, He's always been a, a good hitter uh, throughout his minor league career, and even in some short stints when he was with, in the big leagues. Uh, but he's been batting well on the 200 for most of the season. I mean, uh, are the Blue Jays concerned that maybe they read him wrong? I mean, uh, I mean, or are they do they think that he's going to eventually do what they expected out of him? Yeah, you know, he's hit 300 every time he's been in the majors. He's you know, you started the spring training, uh, recovering from surgery over the summer. He didn't, he didn't start spring training. At, he didn't play for the first couple of weeks of spring training. But when he started playing, he, he like the first day, I think he had two hits, a couple of doubles, and you know he looked great. He looks like a guy that kind of rolls out of bed and can get two hits. He's yeah, he's terrific, and yet. And he had a really good end to spring training. He was hitting well, and then the season started, and he stopped. And 
I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if there's kind of a nagging injury that's bugging him or, or what. You know, again, you know, he has a good game, and I think, ah, yeah, this, it's finally, he's finally coming around. And then he'll have four bad games in a row. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what it is, but he's always hit, so I think he's going to hit. It's just when will it happen? Will it happen, you know, in May or in August? Sooner or later he's going to start hitting again. So when Troy Tulowitzki was traded back in 2015, it kind of seemed like he wasn't crazy over the move. He didn't want to leave Colorado and all that. Do you think he's uh, warmed up and is more comfortable now playing in Toronto? I know he's currently on the deal, but when he is out there playing, do you think he it's a better fit for him now than it was when he first was moved? Yeah, I think he's I think he's much happier. I the Jays um had some games in Colorado last year. And I actually got to go, and I think uh, I think the uh, love that he got from the Colorado fans, and you know, going back there and getting ovations all the time, I think it kind of uh, set in his mind that okay, I'm gone now, everything's good, and he did start to take a leadership role on the team. He uh, he'd occasionally go over and talk to the pitchers. Things that he wasn't doing, he seemed to spend, you know, have more time with his teammates, seemed to be having more fun, smiled more, hit better. Just, you know, everything seemed to get better after that trip to to uh, Colorado. So it did seem like maybe just, you know, it cleared his head of, okay, I'm no longer Rocky. I got to forget about that. This is my team now. And there's uh, stories of him spending the winter working out with uh, Ryan Gomes, our uh, backup shortstop, and, you know, being taking more of a leadership role, which is good to see. And, and, and we... he is... Oh, I'm sorry, he's, uh, he's off to uh, a rehab uh, assignment right now, so he's supposed to be back with the Jays Wednesday. So, you know, speaking of the rehab assignment, we've seen him land on the DL pretty often in his career and playing fantasy you kind of expect at least once a season did the Blue Jays know this coming in and they were okay accepting that injury risk or do you think maybe they have a little bit of buyer's remorse mm, um well no I don't think there's buyer's remorse because you know they got him to make it to the playoffs and we made it to the playoffs two years in a row so so I don't think they're sad about it I think they knew that you know he's not going to play 155 games he's going to He's always seems to miss a month somewhere, but we do have reasonable backup middle infielders, you know. And when he's in the lineup, he's he's pretty good. He's not he's not the MVP player he used to be, but he's still right. still useful. Makes all the plays. Tom, we're gonna have to take a break. You gonna stick with us for the next segment? We'll be right back sure. on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, along with Mike Florio, Frank Stanfield, and we have uh, Tom Dakers from A Bluebird Banter. You still there with us, Tom? Yep. All right. Sorry. I just watched Jose Batista hit a double. Yeah, and like you said, he, he hit a home run last night. Maybe he is coming on. 
Maybe. <laughs> uh, Frank, you had a question for Tom, right? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Tom, is there anyone in the Blue Jays minor league system that we can expect to see called up before the end of the season? Maybe first baseman Rowdy Tellez or outfielder Dwight Smith Jr.? Um, Tellez, uh, you know, he started the season great. He had two home runs opening day for Buffalo there. Since then, he's had like... I think one home run, maybe two. He's not hitting very well anymore, so he's going to have to start hitting <laughs> before before they think about bringing him up. Um, the team really seems to like him. We got to see him a fair bit in spring training, and and he has opposite field power, a lot of opposite field power. He goes the other way really well, but I never saw him really turn on a ball. And I think he's going to have to start doing that to get a call up. So, yeah, if he starts hitting, he'll be he'd be up in September. But I'm I'm not seeing that yet. Um, Dwight Smith, you know, we really could use a good left fielder. Um, but and uh, you know, Smith is hitting pretty good in Buffalo. I I think he'll be up at some point of the year but it might not be till september again um i think he's out of options with the team so they probably would want to uh want to see him at some point this year i don't um maybe not out of options but he's coming up on uh minor league free agency that's better and uh so that so they'll, i think they'll want to see him at some point this year just to see what they have and see if he can be uh a fourth outfielder or or even their left fielder. Tom, are there any pitching prospects that fantasy owners should be aware of? This year? Uh not really. Um we're uh Sean Reed Foley's uh a good good uh prospect, but he's probably a year away still. Um and there's nobody, nobody really knocking on the door that's, you know, gonna, gonna set the world on fire. Um, the Jays, of course, are have had injury trouble, so we've had guys up and down a lot. But uh, actually, the guy I'd look to get is uh, Joe Biagini. He's made two starts for us just in this past week, coming after being in the bullpen for the last two years and looked excellent in both those starts. And, you know, we're, we've been having lots of trouble with injuries. There, it looks like there's always going to be a spot missing in the starting rotation. If he can continue to pitch like he is, he'll be, he'll be really useful for the, to the team. Yeah. Didn't they plan on using him uh, in the starting? I think that I had read someplace that, they had planned on using him as a starter maybe next year, but I guess with all the injuries they've had with uh, Sanchez, Hap, and uh, it, that they had to you know do it quicker than they they had anticipated. Yeah, they talked about in at the start of spring training talked about um, starting him in Buffalo with AAA to start the season, so he'd be stretched out to be a starter to be in you know, the sixth starter this year but um as spring went along they found the the bullpen wasn't as strong as maybe they wanted and he was a good arm in it last year so 
so they kept him in the bullpen. But as it turns out now, it might have been smarter to have him stretched out. But he did throw five innings and like 70 pitches yesterday. He's, uh, he's made two starts. He hasn't allowed an earned run yet in the two starts. I'm not expecting that to continue. But he does get strikeouts. He doesn't walk many. And, uh, you know, he's, he seems to, be, seems to fit into the starter's role really well. Yeah, and so one of the pitchers that we know that you guys had that has been struggling is Liriano. Do you think, I know he uh, landed on the disabled list recently, do you think that people were maybe getting too excited pairing him with uh, Russell Martin again, or do you think there is something there, and what do you expect from him going forward? Um, yeah, I never buy the uh, there's only one catcher that can catch a guy thing. I you know, I think if you can pitch, you can throw to any catcher. It will be fine. Uh, Lariana walks too many guys. He's he even last year when he was throwing well, he walked too many guys, and sooner or later that's going to catch up to you. Um, he seems to. What drives me crazy is he seems to go to three balls on every batter, and then he starts starts pitching and you know you'd like him to not to not to give the each batter such a head start every time um i think he's on the dl he's they said he's on the dl with with uh inflammation in the shoulder i always think he's on the dl because of crappy arm disease because he's throwing really badly lately (laughs) i mean it's certainly possible I'm sorry. Oh no! I said that. That's certainly possible. <laughs> Tom, as we mentioned at the top, that the Blue Jays are playing uh, a bit better as of late. But if their season just spirals out of control by by mid year, do you think that there's a chance they could become sellers at some point? Um. Yeah, they would be looking to be sellers if it if it continued as bad as it as it has been. Um, I don't think they do a total sell off, but. But they do have some older guys that, you know, would look good, good for a playoff-bound team, and and some good pieces in the bullpen and stuff, and a couple of, you know, uh, starting pitchers that they don't have under contract next year. I have my doubts that they'd look to trade Donaldson just yet. I think they'd want to keep him, and uh, Jose Batista might be hard to hard to trade unless he starts hitting but um but there'll be probably a couple of starting pitchers that'll that would would be packaged off and right. and probably a couple of relievers that could help out a help out a team in the playoff run all right that's tom dakers from a bluebird banter uh tom great stuff from you uh good luck to the Blue Jays, looks like they're getting their act together. I mean, it's early enough in the season where, hey, you know, you you win ten of fifteen and you're right back in the middle of uh, the mix in the AL East. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm still hopeful. Yeah, you should, plenty of time left. Long season. Thanks for joining us, and I hope to talk to you again uh, later in the season. Sure, anytime. All Bye. right, Thanks, take care. Tom. Have a good one. So, Joey. Yes, sir. I heard you got some Wave Wire guys. You want to talk Wave Wire guys now? 
Yeah. Well, why don't we uh, do that in the next segment? Why don't we talk about closures and how it relates to Wave of Wire guys? All right. All right? And I then, like it. then we could start uh, the next segment. I've got like a little. I'm going to pit you and and Frank. Loser gets whacked. <laughs> Loser gets whacked. All right, yeah. I'm on my A game. I'm right. back. Okay. I'm back to life. All right. Just, I don't want to get whacked. Kind of you know? like, we'll just yeah, see what you guys guys are made of. All right. Do you think you would crumble or play better if you knew if you if you lost, Joe was going to whack you? I I tried my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd crumble. I I'd, I like to live. All right. So uh, so we were talking about Net Valley Feliz. Yeah. I mean, he does only have one blown save on the season. I know he he has not been pitching well. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has been in non-save situations and to a lot of good hitters. Like, I mean, he got gave up a winning home run earlier this year against Nolan Arenado, gave up one the other day against Mookie Betts. Like, these are these are a who's who's of like top 10 players in baseball. Right. So, I mean, I you, you got to say a little bit there. It doesn't seem like they're going away from him fully just yet. Yeah, the, the way I, I read it was uh, that uh, Council, their manager, had kind of said they're giving him a quote-unquote break. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he didn't go out and, and, and name Knable, Corey Knable, as the closer. But uh, you, you had said, uh, who was it, Barnes that got the save last night? But it yes. might be because Knable wasn't yeah, watching, available. I was watching that game because they were going against the Mets. They said Knable and Feliz were both unavailable because they both pitched the day before through a lot of pitches. Knable actually had the bases loaded and got out of it without allowing a run. So, but, I mean, he's somebody that, look, we're going to talk waiver wire next segment, but... I'd take he's a somebody you, you need add to add on right you, now. You need because, to add, right? Because his strikeout rate right now, he's averaging 14.5 Ks per nine, and he has a K rate of 41.4%. That's elite. And if you want a guy who's going to go out there, you know, has the swing and miss stuff, if you want that in the ninth inning, he is the guy in that bullpen. Right. And the thing, the only concern, though, is perhaps they want to keep him in the role they have him in where they could bring him in in the highest leverage situations and know that he is going to get out of it and then they could give someone a clean ninth inning. Any chance that Addison Reed is an owned, maybe in a 10-team league, maybe he's available, but he, maybe a 12. I'm I mean, seeing it, him out there in, in some 12-teamers. I think what I mean, happened was a lot of people dropped him when Familia came back. Yeah. I think so people just helped. To keep our, our listeners, you know, Familia looks like he might be done for the season, right, yeah. with that surgery with a blood blood clot, but... Yeah, no, I think Reed is the top uh, reliever pickup this week if, yeah. if he's out there. Put a lot of fab budget on him, right? Yeah, in the Roto League, Frank and I said during the week, 40 to 50%, and I think you may have to even put a little bit more you know, on we're, it. We're coming to a commercial, but I want to mention to Frank also, I don't know if he noticed this, but Araldus Chapman last night, still, he didn't pitch that well. Still reaches 100 miles per hour, but he was, they said he was shaking his arm, and, and the trainers had to come out. So uh, yeah. to the to the mound. So maybe this is something to keep in mind. Maybe uh, yeah. if there if there were an injury, Batanzas would be next. I don't think they would just remove him for ineffectiveness. But right. it is worth noting. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wave wire ads uh, coming up on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frank Stampo, Mike Florio, Pete Considari producing the show. Happy Derek Jeter weekend. Happy Mother's Day weekend to all the mothers out there. Make sure you treat your mothers right. You guys taking care of your mothers this weekend? Yeah, going out for breakfast tomorrow morning. Awesome. Good, good. I'm going over there. My sister's making a big dinner. Nice. Very, very nice. All right. So, um... 
want to talk some wave of wire ads and let's let's uh, try uh doing a through a little game uh have you ever heard of of Abbott and Costello guys yes okay mm-hmm. have you ever heard the the uh the who's on who's first? on first Yes. Oh, good. I, I am so impressed. I didn't think you Who's would. Who's on first? Yeah. And then someone else is on second. Yeah. Someone's on third. I've, I've heard, Pete, yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, too, play a couple of seconds of that, Pete. If you you're going to be the manager of the retired actors baseball team? Yes. I would like to join the retired actors baseball team. Oh, you would? And I would like to know some of the guys' names on the team, so if I want to play with them, I know them, and I meet them on the street or in the home here, I can say hello to them. Well, let's see. Now, we have on our team, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find then, out, the guy's name. And then, uh-huh. That's what I want to find out, the guy's name. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Now, Abby, you now, want to be the manager of the baseball team? Yes. You know the guy's names? Well, I should. Well, now, you tell me the guy's names on the baseball I team. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You ain't saying nothing to me yet. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> So it goes on and on. It's really kind of funny. And I'm impressed with you guys. I mean, I am so impressed that you yeah, guys you know what that I'm talking I would, about. I would know what that is. Come no. on, Joey. All right. All right. <laughs> so uh, there's a first baseman I want to talk about as a waiver wire ad. So let's play who's on first. I'm going to give you each. I'm going to give you each um, a, a question, a clue. So we'll start with Frank because on Monday night we played a little game and, and Mike started. So Frank. Um, first baseman, uh, his family defected from Cuba and settled in Miami, where he played on a little league team funded by Jose Canseco. Hmm, bit of a tough clue, but it's the first one. So. Okay, am I supposed to give you a guess after each clue? If you have one, if you if you don't have an answer, then you know I don't want our, our listeners to be bored. But I understand it, it's it, that this first one it, it's tough, but we'll we'll build it. We'll All right, next clue. Okay, next clue goes to to, to Florio. Okay? You're up, Mikey. Uh, he's a former first-round pick. The Reds drafted him uh, with the seventh pick overall in 2008. Baseball America ranked him as the Reds' number one overall prospect for 2009. I don't know. Okay. I have it. Do you? All right, Frank. His first name means further, far away, over there. Yonder Alonzo. Very good. Nice. And you got it from that second uh, guest. Yeah, I knew that he was in the Reds organization. Mm-hmm. He got traded to the Padres as part of the Matt Latos deal mm-hmm. a while back. I mean, this guy was supposed to be good mm-hmm. for a long time now. He and was he was really a top-hitting prospect in right. baseball. So let me read you the other clues just to see if, if it would have helped. Uh, he, he joined his current team in an off-season trade that sent Drew Pomeranz to the San Diego Padres. Uh, over the past two weeks, he's batting three oh eight, seven home runs, 13 runs batted in. And like you said, finally, at 30 years old, he's having his career year. Um, if you make the first letter of his last name a plural, you'll know the name of the team he plays for. So... Alonzo eight A's. Look at right? you, uh-huh. witty, creative Joey. I like it. And, so it looks uh, like you're you're getting whacked, Mike. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's one one round. Pete, come uh, come take Mike away. Uh, so he's he's owned in the last I looked, he was owned in less than sixty percent of Yahoo leagues. Less Which than is 70, crazy. Yeah, uh, less than seventy percent of CBS leagues. So um, is he somebody that? You guys, you guys would want to pick up at this point. Do you think he's playing over his head? Do you think he's finally uh, coming in, into his own? Yes, I do. I think even in a ten-team league, uh, he should be owned because we talk about launch angle and guys trying to hit fly balls, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's just another guy who's a part of this trend. The hard hit rate is up to forty percent. The fly ball rate. In his career, he was a 33% fly ball hitter. Mm-hmm. This year, it's up to 53%. So he is consciously 
trying to hit the ball in the air, and he's hitting it harder than ever before, which has led to a monstrous 26.8% home run to fly ball ratio. Mm-hmm. Do I think that's sustainable? Certainly not. But can he? is this the year that he's finally putting it together because he's trying to hit fly balls? Can it maybe be anywhere from 15 to 20%? If he's consciously trying to hit fly balls, I think it could, which ultimately could lead to him hitting 25, maybe even 30 home runs right. uh, if he plays the entire season and doesn't get hurt. Yeah, Yonder Alonso said coming into this year, you know, that he's buying into that whole the launch angle and all that, and, and he's trying to hit the ball in the air more. And it's funny, on the way to the show this morning, I actually tweeted out, he is currently 10th in baseball in barrel balls per plate appearance. So that so we power were on the same is, page, you and I. is legit. I was thinking, uh, uh, Yonder Alonso, and, and so were you. Yeah, I was just looking wow. up some numbers, and I saw it, and I was like, yeah, this guy, he is legit. So I tweeted that out, you know. Tenth in all of baseball, yeah. ahead of a lot of ahead of John Carlos Stanton, Marcelo mm-hmm. Zuna, ahead of a lot of these power hitters. No, yeah. uh, well, I mean the A's. Uh, Matt Chapman was one of their prospects that they thought that maybe they'd bring up as a first baseman, but it looks like Alonzo is is their uh, regular guy for at least the foreseeable yeah. future, right? And he should be based on yeah. that stat that Michael Fleur sure, gave us sure. too. Uh, you're, you're a pitcher's guy, so we're talking waiver wire ads. Uh, A.J. Griffin owned in a little less than 60% of Yahoo leagues. This guy is really putting up some nice numbers. Four wins, 2.45 ERA, 0.85 whip, uh, 27 Ks in just over 29 innings. Uh, I mean, are you grabbing him off off the waiver wire? Do you believe in him? I think in deeper leagues and in two-start weeks. Like, this was a two-start week where uh, I liked – A.J. Griffin, and I think you could use him in the right matchup, certainly because he finally has good command. I mean, you look at the 1.84 walks per nine. Mm -hmm. uh, That's way better than his career average. So he finally has good command while maintaining those strikeouts. Uh, I think regression is going to hit him um, at some point because the FIP is 3.65. The XFIP is 4.25, whereas his ERA is uh, 2.45. He gives up a, a ton of fly balls. He's a fly ball pitcher, and pitching in that ballpark um, in in Texas, he's going to give up home runs eventually. So I think as the weather gets warmer there mm-hmm. um, and more hitters start to see him, he's going to give up more home runs, and everything is going to regress. But I think he can be serviceable in the right matchups. I know he's been pitching well. Uh, I actually wrote him up in the, the Arms Watch, the, the pitching mm-hmm. article that I write for Royal Experts, that I would actually bench him next week because he's facing... Uh, the Detroit Tigers, who he has struggled against in his past, uh, and they just got J.D. Martinez back, so they have a full lineup full of guys that are certainly capable of hitting home runs. So I would bench him in that matchup, but I think he's usable in the right matchups and in a two-star week. All right. Uh, Aaron Althair, or Altier? Uh, he's Altairing it up, he's, bro. He's Altairing it up, right? I mean, he's uh, Philly's outfielder. Yeah, he's he's on fire right now. I mean... 351 average, OBP over 430, seven homers, three steals. He's doing everything. And he, and the best part is, you know, he's now seeing every day at bats. He was a popular pick coming into last season. Then, you know, he suffered a, a severe injury in mm-hmm. spring training, missed almost all of the season. So it didn't work out there, but we knew the upside this guy has. Coming into the year, it didn't look like he was going to get to play every day, but he's really forced to fill these hands. And he's someone that I get asked a lot of questions on Twitter about. Oh, should I start him or over, you know, some of these guys that I drafted higher? I think as of now, while he's this hot, you just got to ride it out with him. Yes, is he going to cool down? Of course. He's not going to keep this level of productivity up the whole season. But while he's this hot, get him in your lineup. 
Yeah, certainly. And what I like to see is that he's hitting well against both sides of the plate. I think coming into the year, the Phillies had him as a platoon player, and whatever if they were if he was able to do that or give them anything more, I'm certainly I'm sure they would have taken it. And he's been that great so far. Uh, he has three home runs against lefties, four home runs against righties, OPS of over a thousand, over eleven hundred to both left-handed and right-handed pitching. Uh, So, yeah, I would certainly ride him right now. And if the Phillies do not get him in the lineup every day because they want to get guys like uh, Daniel Nava Mm -hmm. or, you know, Ty Ty Kelly in the lineup, that's absolutely ridiculous. He should play every day for the Phillies. uh, And I hope they keep it going that way, especially while he's hitting this. I have him owned at just 64% in Yahoo League. So if he's out there, guys uh, and ladies... Grab them, no? Yeah, I mean, there yeah. have been a ton of hitters who have gotten off to rough starts this year. Uh, and Mike's right. You you want to ride these waiver wire guys while they're hot. Uh, him, even another guy like Ben Gamble. Like these, you have yeah, to get these guys guy we were gonna mention, yeah. in, in your lineup while they're hot. Uh, and now is the time for Aaron Althair. He hits in a great ballpark, too. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot to like about him. Yep. Uh, what about Mark Reynolds? Now, he's a guy that we thought he was just like a, a, a fill-in kind of guy. But he's just having a, a great season. Uh, Ian Desmond is back in the lineup, and it looks like the big loser there uh, in Colorado seems to be Para, right? Gerardo Para. And David Dahl eventually, too. Yeah, Dahl's going to yeah. be... I, I think there's a number of losers <laughs> that come from this, and it's going to be David Dahl. Mm-hmm. It could be Trevor Story, because... They're not going to sit Reynolds. There's no reason to sit him, right? Exactly, <laughs> but, and you got to get Ian Desmond's bat in there somehow, some way. Yeah. So if he's not playing first, now he's taking some time in the outfield from Para, from Dahl when Dahl ever comes back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now he's playing some shortstop with... with Story on the DL, he's going to be playing shortstop. So maybe Story loses a game or two a week. Right. I think it, it just has a, a an effect on all like the fringy bats in the lineup. What I will say about Mark Reynolds' uh, batted ball profile is that over the years, he's really, really become more of a contact hitter. His fly ball rate has decreased every year since 2014 when he was with the Brewers. Mm-hmm. It's gone from 48%, 39%, 32%, and this year 31%. And his home run to fly ball ratio is astronomical it's near 40 percent 38 and a half uh percent so i think the home runs are going to slow down a little bit but the fact that he's hitting the ball so hard uh he's hitting line drives he's really he hits a lot of ground balls i think the batting average will still be there for mark reynolds which is a crazy thing to say but he's he's cut down his strikeouts he really has uh evolved as a hitter he's not just swinging for the fences not just you know uh, hitting fly balls, trying to hit for power. He really is a full-on hitter now. Right. He, he is a matured hitter. Our babies are growing up. Yeah, He's look at that, Yankee. Mark Reynolds. <laughs> uh, but I think you can depend on him for batting average, and because he hits in Colorado, he's going to have opportunities to drive in runs. Mm-hmm. I would not sell high. I, th- I think he's legit. The power will regress a little bit, but batting average is there. Yeah. Surprising to say, but I agree with you. I mean, uh, But we'll be right back with more Weekend Fantasy Update, more baseball talk on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena. A little country music uh, going on here, right? Yeah, I hate it, but I'll yeah. dance anyway. What, what are you doing? The two-step there, Frank? Uh, yeah! And Mike Florio's with us, and Pete Constantori is with us, Come over us here, too. Joey! <laughs> Pete, the one-hit wonder, Constantori. There you go, there you go. So, in, in the time remaining, uh, why don't we uh, take a look at some of the two-star pitchers that could be available for you on your waiver wire this weekend? 
few and far between. Yeah, not too many, yeah. right? I, I mean, we're digging kind of deep this week because it's a lot of the top pitchers who already owned and then a lot of like sure. number five starters. Mm-hmm. There were two names, though, that kind of jumped out at me. One, uh, Frank and I know uh, our colleague here, Nando DeFino, is very high on. That's Zach Godley. Mm. He's throwing it harder. He's getting a lot of ground balls. And if you're talking about ground balls, you know, you can't not include Kyle Freeland, who has the highest ground ball yeah. rate in all of baseball. And he gets a uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati. I haven't heard of Kyle Freeland till last weekend. Last week in our fantasy uh, first look show, I was doing some research and I came across him, and I didn't realize he was such a a high frequency Highest ground, ground ball. ball rate. And in you the need league. that when you're pitching in Colorado, right? Yeah, sixty five point nine percent. That's how you could mitigate <laughs> no strikeout ability and pitching in Colorado. I mean, I don't think he's nearly as good as he's been pitching. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's away from Colorado for two starts. He's getting the ball on the ground a ton. He gets the Twins and the Reds, who I know aren't the easiest matchups, but when you're getting the ball on the ground a ton, you you have the ability to shut down some lineups. And that'll help you, like you said, he's playing against the Reds at uh, in Cincinnati. But both starts are on the road away yeah. from uh, Colorado. That's a tiny ballpark, but at least, like you said, with the uh, high ground ball rate, that should help him. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about Zach Godley real quick. Sure. The velocity uh, last year, 2016, fastball, 90.8 miles per hour. Now it's at 93.3. I get that it's been up across the board in baseball, but to jump that much from 90.8 to 93.3, uh, that that's really something to me. Uh, and he's throwing his his cutter hard, nearly 92 miles per hour, an 84 mile per hour curveball, and he's getting ground balls 75% of the time. I want to see the walks come down a little bit, but so far only two starts, but nine Ks per nine, 2.25 ERA, 3.08 FIP, 2.83 X FIP. So everything looks good for Zach Godley. The matchups aren't terrible either. Uh, the Mets. I mean, this is going to be hard for me to say, but the Mets actually do scare me a little bit because mm-hmm. they are a pesky team mm-hmm. uh, and they can hit home runs at times. So I'm a little worried about that. But the fact that he keeps the ball on the ground, I think that should help him. And then his second start is in San Diego. And you know how I feel about sure. the Padres show. Sure. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Mets, they can't really hit righties too much. And, and Frank's right, they do rely on the home run ball. Their power has actually been down. They, I didn't know this until last night. They lead the league in hitting with an average of runners in scoring position. So... I guess yeah, if Godley saw that stat. Yeah. yeah, if Godley gets into a little bit of jams, they could take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel confident throwing him out there against the Mets. And like Frank said, in San Diego, you can't go wrong. If Godley qualified, he does have a higher ground ball rate than Freeland, but he doesn't have enough innings to qualify yet. These are two guys, though, in similar molds, except for Godley gets the strikeouts yep. where Freeland doesn't. I would rank Godley over Freeland this week, but these are... If, if you're both going, owned 50% or less yeah, in CBS leagues, right? If you're getting this, this deep, I, I would go Godley and Freeland, but both are worth uh, looking into. What about Joe Musgrove? Or were you going to talk about someone else, uh, Frank? No, I think Musgrove is worth talking about. I know it's, it's been a struggle for him, and I dropped him in the leagues uh, that I owned him. And we've been urging our, our colleagues. We have a chance. Frank Sussman. Job Joe, Joe Musgrove. Job Joe oh, Musgrove. Yeah. Uh, he sucks. <laughs> he hasn't been great. At Miami is an okay start. It's in a good ballpark. <laughs> but versus Cleveland, it's a little bit rough. I did want to bring up. Giovanni Gallardo. Look, it's crazy. I don't condone doing this in anything shallower than a 14-team league, Mm -hmm. but the matchups are just too good. uh, Versus Oakland and versus the White Sox, both teams rank in the bottom third of the league in WOBA against right-handed pitching. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I think it's just the matchups here. I don't have faith in Giovanni Gallardo. I don't like him, but I think the matchups here are too good to ignore. I've heard he likes you, and uh, we're running out of time. (laughs) Uh... 
Thanks for tuning in to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Happy Derek Jeter weekend.